Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. God bless. And uh, so good to have you here, all of you, those that are visiting. I'm Pastor Dave, and uh, it is my privilege uh, to share the Word of the Lord, to oversee the flock here. And um, may I just say this? What I've come to recognize The enemy, it's all, and I mentioned this in the last few weeks. I want to say it again this morning. The enemy knows that his time is coming to an end. And there's an attempt. There's a shaking that's taking place. And there's this aspect of the church, which is not a building. It's not an institution. The church is the body of Christ. There are members within the church, within that body. Just like our body has many members, there are members within the body of Christ. We're talking people. And what I've, I've come to see is that the Lord is doing a shaking, and maybe that's happening within your own life, but it is perhaps extreme for there to be nothing in you that does not belong. And to, for us to deal with those things. Let me even say that there is a chastising that is taking place. Where the Lord is chastising even as there would be a resistance to the word of the Lord to the individual. Just like a father speaks to his son or daughter and the son or daughter is resistant especially with little children, there's a, a correction that takes place, a chastising. I'm seeing that happening. It's, it's intensified. The enemy is coming, but the Lord is also doing a work of saying, hey, you need to be right before me, to be right before me before my return. This uh, series uh, has been entitled Give Thanks. And the most important thing that we can do, today I want to talk about the most important thing that we can do in giving thanks. To give thanks, this, uh, this word, thanks, is yada in the Hebrew. Uh, Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. amen. His mercy endures forever to give thanks to the Lord. And I, th I was just talking about chastisement. Somebody said, oh, I don't like chastisement. But I'll tell you, the beautiful thing that talks about that in Hebrews is that it is always for our benefit. As we heed, even in the chastisement, we say, oh, Lord, man, sorry. And we heed the correction. It is for our benefit. Lord, you are so good. Your mercy endures forever. This word, give thanks, is to revere, to worship. And the other thing that is, that is about this form of worship, yada, has to do with a, an extending of the hands. Whatever way it is. I don't know about you. I know sometimes when I'm worshiping and my, my hands are raised for a while, I might go from my, my right hand to my left hand. 
Sometimes my, both hands are up. Sometimes I'm, I'm like this. Whatever it may be, yada, this giving of thanks, has to do with worship, with reverence, with hands extended. Some of that may even be an, uh, an expression of surrender. Lord, you know, the old movies, the westerns, hey, or even, hey, even today, the instruction by law enforcement might be, put up your hands or put your hands behind your head. There's a raising of the hands. It's a thing of surrender and at times submission. Not forcefully, but willingly. We would willingly give thanks to the Lord. In fact, in Psalm 107, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Now, this, this passage, Psalm 107, is actually prophetic regarding the nation of Israel and the fact they were scattered. This psalm prophetically is coming to pass, has come to pass over the course of the last 75 years. In one hour, can a nation be born in one hour? And it took place in one hour, one day, where a nation was born. This was prophesied thousands of years ago that there would be this rebirth of a nation, which happened in 1948. This psalm speaks of, of even that which is still to come, even the battle of Armageddon, which is still to come. And the beautiful thing is, as it says, and gather out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Just in the last few weeks, there's been a recall. They were calling re reservists. And there were tens of thousands that have come from outside of Israel to come to Israel. They were calling for 100,000 or so. There was 160,000 that responded to the call to come. This tiny little nation is truly becoming a, a, uh, a burden, perhaps, to the nations, that the conflict that's going on. We're living in the last days, but what a beautiful psalm, one, Psalm 107, where four times this, this verse is repeated that says, and it's mentioned the first time in Psalm or in uh, verse 8, Psalm 107, verse 8, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, that men would give thanks. And so often we are, we, I know, we, we go through different hard situations. And in this psalm, there's, there's a number of groups of people. This first one that I just read is the redeemed to be redeemed, to be bought, to be taken from the enemy, to take, be, be taken from chains and from darkness and brought into his marvelous life, light, to be redeemed, to be bought by Jesus Christ, his sacrifice. Even to this day, the Jews, almost as a whole, I, I just heard the other day that they were uh, praying prayers for the Messiah to come. 
That's what they're praying for. The, the Jews are praying. They're saying, Messiah, come. Not realizing that they crucified him. Not even realizing that. They rejected the cornerstone. But there is a day coming where they will see the one that they pierced. And there will be a salvation that comes. And so here, we have been redeemed. We are the redeemed that we would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. As you go through that psalm, there's this thing of giving thanks, not just for redemption, but also those that are prisoners from chains and from darkness, that there would be a giving thanks. And usually before this, these four times that it's mentioned that we should give thanks, there's a crying out to the Lord. Listen, in your situation, if you're crying out to the Lord, Lord, I need, I need to be set free from, from the chains of bondage that, that hold me back, from the, the darkness that I might be in in my life. The Lord is saying, even as you cry out, the Lord, He is the one that sets us free, that we would give thanks. I like what it says in, in uh, Philippians. It says, even before, he says to, that we should rejoice always. Let your moderation, let your, your stableness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He says, it says that we should bring our supplications, our prayers and our supplications, our requests to the Lord with thanksgiving. So even before the answer has come or has come, that there would be a thanking of him. I'll tell you, when we thank the Lord before the answers, we are, we are declaring, Lord, my trust is in you. I am going to trust you. Another group that's mentioned talks about the, the, the deliverance of the foolish from transgressions, from sin, from iniquity, the, the tendency. Iniquity is something that we, are, we have a tendency towards. The Lord is saying, I want to set you free. I want to give you deliverance from those that are sick. I want to give you deliverance. I want, to, I want to give healing. And the Lord is saying, give thanks. It says again, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. There's mention, another group that is mentioned of those that go to sea, the sailors, and there's a recognition of the storms that can come on the seas. And the Lord is saying, listen, even in those times, that kind of, of, of state that you may be in, of storm, the Lord is saying, to give thanks, I will deliver. As we cry out to him, Lord, save us. The Lord is saying, I will deliver. And that we would praise him already, even in the midst of the storm. At the end of this chapter, there's a deliverance of both the rich and the poor. God said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. You may say, what's mammon? Mammon is this thing of, of wealth or of money. It says the, Paul writes, he says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But when, and the Lord is saying, Matthew, on the Sermon of the Mount, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve. And so it's even here, it talks about the rich 
and the poor. So if our tendency, even though we may not have much, it's like, well, you know what? My salvation would be with just a little bit more. If I had a little bit more. The Lord is saying, I want to set you free from that. This thing of my, my faith is in money and the God of mammon. Whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, whether I have much or little. See, even those that have much, they say, well, I, I'm blessed because of my own hand. I'm blessed because of the finances I have. It can go either way. My God is God of mammon. And the Lord is saying, I want to deliver you. As Paul says, you know what? I've learned to be content with much or with little. Lord, I'm going to give you praise in the good times and the hard times. Man, is it hard to give praise in hard times. And this, this passage is all about hard times, difficult times. And he's saying, give thanks, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I was, before the message began, I was just, we were praying. And according to... First Chronicles chapter 29. I want you to see how important the temple was to David. Now, the things that we, we have in the natural or whatever, especially in the Old Testament, they're all pointing to the supernatural. Listen how important this was to David. And the Lord doesn't say, hey... David, the temple is not important. In fact, it was the Lord that was saying, hey, I, I want to give you how it's supposed to be designed. Even the temple in, that Ezekiel sees that will be part of the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus, everything is laid out. We read of that in Ezekiel 40 to 48. It, it is what is around the, the temple and integral to the temple is the aspect of sacrifice. It is all about the altar. Everything pointing to Jesus Christ and his ultimate sacrifice for us. But listen to how important the temple was to David. And today as we would think about what can I give thanks to the Lord for this thing of the temple to recognize we are the temple of the Lord. We are the temple of the Lord. Now listen. Furthermore, this is Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, so all the people, the, all the, of Israel was there. We're talking millions were there. My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. 20 years of age, Solomon. And the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, 
belongs to him. We belong to him. And here David is saying in the physical realm how important this is. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I've prepared for the holy house my own special treasure of gold and silver. 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir. We're not just talking any kind of gold like this was refined. This was pure. And 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses. The gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing? Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Who wants to give unto the Lord? Who wants to give unto the Lord? Will you give? In other words, part of this is is referring even for us today. Will you consecrate yourself to the Lord? I give myself to you. This temple that's here. You might say, how much was this worth? How much? did David actually give? A talent is a weight. It's a measure. At this point, we are talking, you might say, what is the value of everything that was given? We are talking, what David just, what he gave would be worth about $20 billion today. $20 billion And here, the leaders, it's like, who's willing? Who is willing to consecrate himself to this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of the thousands and of the hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. And it says, listen to verse 9, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly... Because with a loyal, loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Now, I could just move right into a, a whole sermon on, on giving, on tithing, and offering. I'll tell you, the Lord would want way more from us. We're not talking tithes and offerings here, but we are... There's this aspect of consecrating ourselves to the Lord. Jesus said regarding the value of a person. Talks about the soul of one person having more value than all the assets of the world combined. The, the value of one soul is worth more than all the world, all the assets of the world combined. You are of value to the Lord. They estimate it took seven years to build the temple 
We're talking hundreds of thousands, 130,000 workers. Not one single sound was, was heard on the temple site when it was being put together. Everything was built, cut, done off-site. There was almost 30, I think 3,500 uh, foremen overseeing this, this group of 130 laborers 130,000 laborers. They estimate that the value with the construction of, of the temple and all the workers for seven years, the cost would have been over, in our day and age, would have been over a trillion dollars in value. Over a trillion dollars. The temple. The temple. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's, that we would give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I am alive and well in you. I am in you. I have life because of you. I give you thanks. Hallelujah. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. As a collective, the moment that you and I give our lives to the Lord and gave our life to the Lord, we became members within the body of Christ. It says in Colossians 1, verse 18, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. We would give thanks, Lord, that we are members within the body. You are the head. We are members within the body, one body. That he would be glorified. That he would have preeminence. His blood flows through us spiritually. His breath. We were made alive by the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead in trespasses and sins. If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Savior and Lord in your life, if he hasn't, if you haven't allowed him to save you, I mean, save, save me from what? From my sins. One sin causes us. We've all sinned. One sin gets us to a place of being dead in trespasses and sins. And if we are not made alive in him, we spend eternity apart from God by our choice. It says in verse 4, Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, there is so much yet to come. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is not of anything we can do, not of our works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Each one of us has a purpose. Lord, let your purpose be fulfilled in my life. Lord, I give you thanks today that we are members within the body, within your body. You are the head. The head is where all the decisions, all the things are made in our lives personally, but within the body of Christ, it is a heeding to his word to us. As we follow Christ, part of that following is, hey, this is what I would have you do at this time. Lord, yes, I'm obedient to your word. A lot of things is just our daily living. Lord, how do I live my life before you? Is it in obedience to your word? Or is it in opposition to your word? Or ignorance to your word? Lord, I want to know what you would have me, how you would have me live, that I would live in a way that is pleasing to you. I give thanks that he is the head, we are the body. I give thanks today that we belong to him. I've already mentioned this aspect of being members within the body. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, our physical body, just one and has many members, different parts to it, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. It's all, we all function together. It's amazing, the human body. Well, it says, so also is Christ. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized in one body. You might say, when did that happen? The moment we gave our life to Jesus. The moment we confessed our sins. We placed our faith in his finished work on the cross. And we invited him into our lives. We were born of God. We, and the Holy Spirit baptizes us, makes us a part of this body this body of Christ, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And it spans the globe. It's not just Lighthouse. It's the, the, those that are part of the body of Christ here in Niagara Falls, in the Niagara region, in Canada, globally. Every single person, one body. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 4, it says, There is one body and one spirit. We're talking the Holy Spirit here. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And the Lord is saying, I want to be a part that, not just be a part of you, but I want for the, the purposes that I have for you within the body, let them be done. Each member. I have, uh, the other day, I was working, and uh, I've got this huge black mark underneath my nail. And uh, I've, had, I've had other times where I've hit my nail. It's like, you recognize the importance because there are so many nerve endings underneath the nail that if it's exposed, not a good thing. And so that this fingernail that keeps growing, eventually that I'm noticing it started closer to the end, now it's moving out. But there's a function within it. There's a protection. Each of us 
has function within the body. And we're not just talking. We are not talking physical. We are talking spiritually. Lord, thank you that I am a member within your body, your spirit within me, within us all. I like what it says. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. God is within us. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Just like my nail protecting the, my finger, the nerves underneath the nail. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You might say, why is it so important, the body of Christ? One of the things, there's many reasons we could possibly give, but I'll say this one thing. There is a, there is a being that has a, a following that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Man, vicious, very subtle, but his intent is to steal, kill, and destroy. Kill physically if possible. Destroy eternally, spiritually. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you, do you say that I am? Simon Peter answers and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This isn't just from your own mind and thinking that you've reasoned and deduced this, but it was revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. A revelation. And I also say to you that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The backing of members within the body of Christ. You know what I've come to recognize over my short existence? Satan will do whatever he can to keep you from fellowshipping or hearing the word of God in assembly. He wants to separate you from the body of Christ and isolate. And I want to I say to you, I'm seeing this, the effects on those that are separated long, longer term and choose not to be in the house of the Lord. At best, they become fruitless. At best, no fruit. The enemy would like to cut them off so that he can overwhelm them because he can't overwhelm the church. So what he's going to do, and it makes perfect sense, if I, 
if my finger got cut off for whatever reason, they say, first thing to do, get it on ice, put it in a, in a plastic bag, put it in a container, you got about four hours. You go to the hospital, they can reattach your finger. So between two to four hours, the, 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 the finger is not, doesn't die. I'll tell you, within the body of Christ, it is even more critical, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Hebrews 10, 24 talks about provoking one another to love and good works. Verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembly, the assembling together of the saints is a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, especially as you see the day of the Lord approaching. I'm exhorting you at this time, if you don't see that things have changed and shifted in the last few years, and even the last number of months, if you don't see that something is happening, I heard one guy saying, and he, he was using other words to emphasize. Actually, it's pray for Joe Rogan. Pray for Joe Rogan. I'll tell you, the Lord is bringing Christian after Christian to be on his podcast show. And he says, you know what? What I see happening all around the world today scares me. It scares me. He, he has fear. And, and without the Lord, there is a fear. We as believers... When we have fears, when we take our eyes off the Lord and we start to look at this shit, this, this shit situation. Okay. I thank God. There's certain things that you don't mean to say. The situation... Rather than looking at the situation, or whatever way you want to take it, you need to keep your eyes on the Lord. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord because it says in the last days that their hearts will fail them because of the fear of, of the things that are coming. We don't need to be here for that. In fact, I love what Jesus said regarding wars and rumors of wars. There's wars that are going on and rumors of wars, especially just in the last month that are escalating. Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Matthew 24. He says, regarding these things, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I say, thank you, Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He says, I want to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He is saying, I will back you as a member within my body. Are you kidding? You think Jesus is going to allow for Satan to overcome his body? Absolutely not. I'll tell you right now, he wouldn't even allow one person to be cut off. The reason that people are not part of the body of Christ is because they choose 
to leave and walk away and say, you know what, God, I'm going to do my own thing. That we would not be those people. That we would begin to do what the Lord would have us do. You bind things on earth, they'll be bound in heaven. I'm backing you. All power and authority is mine. You are my children, and I have a work for you to do in these last days. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell in Jesus, and by Jesus to reconcile all things to himself, to the Father, by him, by Jesus. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his, cro of his cross, it is through the blood of his cross, him going to the cross allows us to be reconciled. There is no other way to be a part of the body of Christ, to be in the kingdom of God. It is through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Thank you, Jesus. If indeed, there's a condition, you continue in the faith. What faith? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Simple. In his finished work through the blood of his cross. If your faith is there, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. If you continue in that faith, grounded and steadfast in Jesus Christ and him crucified, his finished work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, we need to give praise. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What is the greatest thing we can give thanks with? What is the greatest thing? I just want to call on the, the worship team if you'd come. The greatest thing that we can give thanks with is ourselves. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, I, I beg of you. It's a strong, it's like somebody's grabbing a hold of you because you're, you're, you're not getting maybe the, the importance of it. You're not getting the importance of it. And so there's this shaking. I beg of you, my brothers, my sisters, by the mercies of of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know what? When we present our bodies a living sacrifice, we're not talking about being killed. We're talking about, Lord, I'm giving myself completely to you, a living sacrifice. When we do that, when we consecrate ourselves to him, it is holy to the Lord. And it is acceptable to the Lord. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He's saying, I'm accepting you. Lord, I give myself to you willingly. And it's acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's the least that we can do. It's the most that we can do. Lord, I give myself to you. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my life.
Can we stand together? Hallelujah. This morning, maybe you're not in that place. Maybe you haven't given your life to Christ, or maybe you've given your life, you've allowed him to come in, but you haven't given him your all. Maybe you're hanging on to things. This morning, I would invite you to give your life to Jesus fully. No more, no more going through the motions. No more fruitlessness. But that there is a total surrender to the Lord. Lord, have your way in me. It's like, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Thank you for, for your, your forgiveness. Thank you for your washing, your cleansing. Thank you for the life. You breathe life into me. Your spirit is within me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God desires to lead and guide and move us to do the things that the Lord would have us do. So I would invite you to give yourself fully to the Lord. This morning, if you are here and you've never given your life to the Lord, I want for all of us to pray a prayer, or at least if you mean it, you want to say, I want to give my life or rededicate my life, or I want to give my life fully, which I hope would be all of us. Lord, there would be nothing that would hinder. Can we pray together this morning? Lord, just before I would have everybody join in prayer, I just pray that there would, the, the heart of man would be open right now in Jesus' name. I rebuke, I bind the things of distraction, whatever it may be, whether it's a, a mental distraction at this point, whether it's a, an emotional thing, whether it's a thing of, of, of ignorance, whatever it may be, whatever the thing that is, is holding an individual from giving themselves to you to whatever extent, whether it's initially for the first time or coming back to you, or Lord, even they've been with you, but Lord, there's been things that have been interfering in their life. They recognize, man, there are so many things that need to change about me. I need to give myself fully. Lord, to think that the temple that Solomon built was worth a trillion or more dollars to build it, all the things that went into it. And so, Lord, you are at a place you're saying, my value for you cost me my life. I gave my life for you that you may have life. Lord, that it would be our reasonable service to give you our life completely. It's the least we can do, a living sacrifice. Lord, that we would be that living sacrifice. Lord, let me be that living sacrifice. There would be nothing that would hinder you in my life. All the distractions that may be there, Lord, that I would be focused, my eyes on you, surrendered to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we all pray together? Jesus, thank you for the cross. 
by your shed blood, your broken body. I have healing and I have forgiveness. I acknowledge my sin before you. I acknowledge my waywardness from you. I acknowledge my my half-heartedness. I give myself completely to you. Save me and be Lord in my life. Your will be done in me. Your will be done through me. That you would be lifted up in my life. That you would be exalted. You would be glorified in and through me. That many would come to know you through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.